wonderful local business has to offer. Um, oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy. And this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Wasted days and wasted
me Bobby Or you may call me Zimmy You may call me RJ You may call me Ray You may call me anything No matter what you say You're still gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve
In New Zealand I read a magazine Something nasty crossed my eye The earth that fed me in California Was turning cracked and dry New Zealand ferns are always green It rains more there than it should I looked to the cloud that was raining on me And said, go where you can do some good Cloud, stop crying and wasting time And fly across the sky Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain Spread a lot of rain on California I don't want to see her die Met a guy from San Francisco in a railway ticket line He said the Grateful Dead was alive and well But the weather wasn't so fine Nobody had a garden Nothing lived but weeds The earth looked like some kind of feverish person Who'd caught a strange disease He said the reservoirs are empty Cattle dying too Every tongue is reaching out to sip the morning dew And they say the fields and valleys are turning green to brown That the farmers walk a dry and dusty mile in every farm in town Clouds stop crying and wasting time and fly across the sky Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California I don't want to see her die I stared up to the diamond stars one cashmere night Black velvet sky and a raging river was no other sound or sight the Big Dipper hung up above the river and I felt that it was a shame All this water here in California dry I said to the Dipper by name Reach down and kiss that raging river and fly across the sky Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California I don't want to see her die People and the animals like to gather where water flows A beer, some tea, or a water hole, it's there where something grows And remember the music water makes, the rainy pool and the circle dance The thunder of the ocean and the waterfall, the laughing creek that feeds the plants Now the fields are green again, beauty has returned Tragedies continue to show what we still got to learn Can't waste away the ocean, water, air, or land If we upset this sacred ground, we won't have any place to stand So reach down and kiss the raging river and fly across the sky And spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California don't want to see her spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die.
Okay, good morning, everybody. Good week and good work. This is the Labor and Love Show. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. We're located physically at 2781 21st Street um, here in the heart of the Mission District. Uh, <clears throat> come on down. See what's going on at Mutiny. Mutiny is a, a community arts center. Performing arts, radio, video, comedy, graphic arts. Come on down. It's happening here at Mutiny Radio, where our programmers do it for love. Well, we started out with a little quirky one of mine, Jenny Rivera and her version of Freddie Fender's famous yet wasted days and wasted nights. Hopefully your work life is not filled with wasted days and wasted nights. Hopefully you have significant and interesting work. Then we had Bob Dylan reminding you that you got to serve somebody. The devil or the Lord, will it be capital or labor? Will it be the people? Or the one percent. Who are you gonna serve? And then Johnny Paycheck, better known as, born as Donald Eugene Lytell in Ohio. Actually, Johnny Paycheck with his famous, famous song "Take This Job and Shove It," personifying the outlaw epoch of, of his career, um, one of the inventors in the 70s of the outlaw sound with uh, people like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson and, uh, and others. Um, take this job and shove it. When work is meaningless, it eats your soul. <clears throat> Then we had Charlie Morgan with his California drought song, reminding us that all that's going on is in the hands of nature. And we are in the middle of a drought. Said today we're going to honor Juan Gabriel, and Gabriel, and we'll get on with that in a little bit. Want to talk about a little labor news first. This is the... Uh, Win Labor Report. Workers Independent News We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. Organized Labor and the United Steelworkers are ramping up efforts to make sure that the controversial Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal is not passed during a lame duck session after November's presidential election. The Steelworkers say the agreement would benefit international corporations at the expense of working Americans. Wins Joanne Powers has more. Well, President Barack Obama has vowed to continue a push to pass the TPP at the end of the year. Opponents received good news late last week when Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced the U.S. Senate would not be voting on the agreement. Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has expressed opposition to the TPP, as has her Republican rival Donald Trump. Here is United Steelworkers President Leo Gerard. Well, the pressure that we put on President Obama is making sure that he can't round up any new support. We're clearly concerned and worried in the lame duck session that we'll end up with an attempt to try and get TPP passed. 
and I wouldn't trust the Republicans as far as I could throw them. We've got to keep the heat on. We've got to make sure that we limit any wayward Democrats and that we keep the Republicans that have said that they're against it, that we keep them against it. Local media is not very welcoming for us. They run right out and they tell Honeywell's side of the story, but they don't really tell ours. So a lot of folks locally think that we're on strike, and you have to explain to them that we're, we're more than willing to go back to work. Why we try to come to an agreement for this? So we really are trying to work with them, regardless of what they say in their press releases. That's Brian Rogers, Recording Secretary for UAW Local 9 in South Bend, Indiana. 316 UAW members are in day 115 of a lockout by Honeywell. They did not go on strike. Honeywell demanded that they give up some UAW jobs to outsourcing and accept health care changes, making it more expensive for the workers and giving Honeywell the right to change it at any time. Honeywell also refused to participate in a UAW health and safety program to protect workers on the job. The Economic Policy Institute says if union membership rates in the U.S today were as high now as in 1979, non-union working people would get a whopping $133 billion more each and every year. EPI has found that the decline of labor unions as a percentage of the U.S. workforce has hurt both union and non-union wages. EPI's Larry Michelle. Deunionization has uh, contributed about a third of the total growth of wage inequality among men. And if you look at women, it's about 20%. So this is one of the uh, largest factors that is uh, measurable and identifiable in the growth of inequality. Increased trade with China and other low-wage countries lowered the wages by 5% for non-college educated workers. Workers Independent News puts workers and their unions on the national radio news airwaves every day. To help keep labor's voice on the air, go to laborradio.org. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Doug Cunningham there with the Labor Report. What's going on in America? There's something from the Union Edge about General Motors' prosperity because of their deal with the Union. Is that coming up now? Maybe not. Go to the greatest uh, celebrating Labor Day today. And this is um, Slaves of Toil from the James Connolly Band celebrating the work and career of the great Irish socialist labor leader James Connolly. Oh.
young folks share the same jokes, but they meet in older places. So don't tell me about your success, nor your recipes for my happiness. Smoking bed, I never could digest. Those illusions you claim to have going. The sun. Shining as it's always done. Carbon dust is a phase of everyone. Talking about the rich folks, the poor create the rich hoax. there from um, Immortal Technique and we'll get on to play some Immortal Technique pretty soon here We that, that set we had Slaves of Toil by the James Connolly Songs of Freedom Band Connolly w- was an Irish uh, socialist and labor leader who kind of straddled the law in, in trying to the lives of workers better uh, went to jail. He's included in William Butler Yeats' famous poem about the Irish Easter uprising. After that, we had Sixto Rodriguez, and if you don't remember the story, this guy uh, grew up in Detroit and uh, sang songs with social significance in sort of a folk idiom, but also, you know, rock and roll, and uh, never caught on. His work never caught on. He was a laborer, basically, still playing, but, you know, not having any kind of a career as a, a musician. And then uh, it turned out one of his daughters was researching something on the web, and came upon 
This singer who was very famous in South Africa who turned out to be Sixto Rodriguez because someone had sent a CD and a bunch of people had dug it and it got to be a thing. In South Africa, they believed that um, he was dead. Well, he, he was not dead. He had millions of dollars of royalties waiting for him. And he eventually collected on that and resumed uh, his career. That was Sixto Rodriguez. So what about Kaepernick? What is all this about Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick, the 49ers quarterback, decided that he'd had enough of uh, police brutality and the murder of young men on the streets and the murder of returning veterans on the streets. He decided he wasn't going to stand up for the national anthem. The national anthem and the salute are done before every game. I don't know why, but they are in baseball as well. It's like we can't see anything, even a, a sports contest, without reminding ourselves or being reminded that we are citizens of this country and that that flag is something we all need to pay obeisance to. Well, Colin Kaepernick decided not to. And uh, it's big news because he is a major figure in sports. A couple years ago, he was being hailed as a new type of uh, quarterback who's going to change the game. Well, none of that happened. Um, so what he said was he wasn't going to stand up for a country that was murdering, whose police officers were murdering people on the street. I mean, that disturbed him. He thought people's attention should be brought to that. Of course, the reaction against him was immediate and hostile and horribly violent. How dare you not stand up in a country that gave you chance to make so much money oh well so that means if you make money then you have no right you have no conscience you have no right to express yourself anyway the huge wave tidal wave of public opinion against him was there was also a substantial group of people, veterans for Kaepernick, who said that he had the right to do that, that they had gone and defended his right to do that, even if they didn't agree with it. Okay, let's, this is, I'm looking at the um, socialistworker.org and a guy named Rory Fanning. Writes, in late August, during the national anthem played before a game, San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand. I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, he later said. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. Referring, of course, to the recent rash of murders of young men of color, mostly 
extrajudicial murders, in effect, by the police. Um, during the media uproar that followed, former Army Ranger Rory Fanning shared a photo of himself at Wrigley Field, refusing to stand for the anthem before Chicago Cubs game. Within two days, the photo had been shared 100,000 times Online For a while, Veterans for Kaepernick was the top trending hashtag on Twitter. Okay, this guy, Rory Fanning, served in uh, Afghanistan in the same unit as former NF star, NFL star Pat Tillman, who was killed in what the Pentagon now acknowledges was a friendly fire event. He is currently on an anti-recruitment tour of the Chicago Public Schools, sponsored by the Colorado Teachers Union. Let's just see what he has to say here. What made you to sit with Kaepernick? And Rory says, he's right. We know there's no accountability for police when they murder African Americans at unprecedented rates. Just as the United States has been killing people around the world since 9-11 with impunity, the U.S. state is also killing its own citizens, disproportionately black, with impunity here at home. 1,200 people were killed last year by police. Zero convictions for murder or even manslaughter. Anyway, he goes on with his interview and uh, supports Colin Kaepernick. I think what the surprising thing is for some people is that there has been such support for Kaepernick, both by those who agree with his stand about the police murders that are going on. And we don't say they were all police murders, but they certainly were all not murders. Probably more than not. Um, anyway, that Kaepernick has been supported by this group, Veterans for Kaepernick. Veterans sitting with Kaepernick. So I invite you, if these kinds of things make you angry, that these kind of murders make you angry, think about it. Don't stand up. Usually I say... If you don't stand up, you'll be counted as standing, even if you sit down, but it's the other way around this time. If you stand up, you'll be counted as standing up and not sitting down. If you sit down, there's no question. Anyway, that didn't come out right. We said we were going to celebrate today life of a great American artist. And uh, the funny thing is we know much more about art, say, in England. We get invaded by the English singers every once in a while. That's an event. 
We know very little about music in Mexico. So this week, August 28th, Alberto Aguilera Valadez, better known by his stage name Juan Gabriel, was a Mexican, a Mexican singer and songwriter, died from heart disease, a stroke. Gabriel was known for his flamboyant style, which broke barriers within the Latin music market. Having sold 100 million copies worldwide, Juan Gabriel is among Latin America's best-selling singer-songwriters. Um, this is this is a thing. I'm, I was in Mexico in the 80s, and I, I started to hear about Juan Gabriel, and uh, he was one of those people who didn't necessarily sing uh, music of social significance in the normal sense, but he really touched the national soul of Mexico. Um, from 1966 to 68, he did odd jobs and worked in a church, cleaned out bars, wrote the song El Noa Noa, which became his first hit. He was hired as a backing vocalist by Roberto Jordan, Angelica Maria, and Estela Nunez. He resigned in 1970 because he received insufficient payment and returned to work in the bars of Juarez. He was known as El Divo de Juarez, the diva of uh, Juarez. Uh, he was wrongly accused of robbery, slept in bus and train stations, picked up by the police, served in prison for a year and a half, and wrote several songs there. Um, he was introduced to a Mexican singer and actress named La Prieta Linda. She helped him, and due to lack of evidence, he was released from prison. Um, Juan Gabriel made a hit in the early 1970s, which included the hit No Tengo Dinero, his debut single and first hit. He worked as an arranger, producer, and songwriter. Produced albums for Rocio Durcal, Lucha Villa, Lola Beltran, and even Paul Anka. In 1984, he released Recuerdos, which became the best-selling album of all time in Mexico, and in 1990 became the first non-classical act to perform at the Palacio de Bellas Artes. Numerous awards. Uh, he never married. In the 80s there, there was a big um, scandal where uh, Juan Gabriel, a guy, Juan Gabriel's live-in lover, he claimed. Uh, they had separated and he sued Juan Gabriel, saying that uh, Juan had promised him all kinds of, of stuff. Um, and it, for some reason, that didn't really work against Juan Gabriel, that it was known that he was gay. One time he was asked by a news person, 
uh, well, are you gay or not? And he responded by saying, lo que se ve, no se tiene que hablar. Something like that. No se tiene que decir. Um, it's what's obvious. It's so obvious it, you don't have to say it. So that was his way of kind of saying, it's really my business, but I don't think it's any secret, you know, that I'm gay. Anyway, he became even more popular after that. We're going to play a couple of Juan Gabriel songs, and one especially that I'm looking for, I'll have to see, El Mexico Que Se Nos Fue. Um, this first one is by uh, Juan Gabriel himself, No Me Vuelvo a Enamorar.
totalmente para qué. Okay, that's a hurt heart song. No me vuelvo a enamorar. I'll never fall in love again. Why should I? This decept, the first time I surrendered my heart, I was wrong. It turned out bad, and this deception has left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, it's taken away my courage to fall in love. Juan Gabriel. There's another one by Juan Gabriel. This came out in the 90s and it's called a Mexico que se nos fue. The Mexico that is gone. And he's singing about a typical scene.
a los campos de Estados Unidos con tristeza y quizás amargura de saber que en su pueblo han perdido el ingenio, el molino y cordura pocos vuelven de allá y yo he venido y lo encuentro cambiado y no hay duda de que ya no es aquel pueblo chiquito que inspiraba añoranza y ternura ya no es Aquel pueblo bonito, el comercio le trajo basura. Aquel tiempo se hablaba de ranchos, de la milpa y la tabla de arroz. De la música, el baile y el canto, del padre, de la madre y de Dios. De la siembra y cosecha del campo, de la casa, el lugar y el amor. Ahora hablan de que hay terrorismo, del peso y su devaluación. Ahora hablan con tal pesimismo de que ahí viene otra revolución. Ahora en miran la televisión Okay, this is about the lost Mexico, Mexico que se nos fue and as a matter of fact uh, presidential candidate Donald Trump traveled to Mexico this week to talk with uh, the president Alfredo Nieto and uh God knows what they talked about. Trump claims that Nieto agreed to build his famous wall, this great wall. <laughs> kind of a joke, actually. I mean, could it ever be built? It would cost $10 billion, some people say. You're going to put a wall up, continuous wall from the Pacific Ocean all the way to the Gulf of Mexico come on what, what are you going to do who's going to get the Rio Grande the Rio Grande who's going to get that anyway Trump is serious about the wall I don't know if he thinks it if he's serious about it but his supporters are to build a wall do walls work know, something there is that doesn't love a wall by Robert Frost Okay, let's hear one more. Um, Juan Gabriel did touch on the fact that Mexico was impoverished while the United States got rich. And um, everyone in, in the little campos had gone to the United States to work. This is 1995 and this song, this album, was a huge hit in Mexico because it touched on that nostalgia. And sometimes, you know, we people here sell us that nostalgia. The Republican Party is still trying to impose on us the fact that a family is a man and a woman and two kids 
and that the nuclear family is America's strength when the nuclear family doesn't exist anymore. The olds, they don't exist. Bruce Springsteen talked about that, factory windows. And the old days, when you could get a job and you could uh, make enough money to get a house and to live a good life. As long as you were willing to pour your life's blood into a, a job for 30 or 40 years. But there was some reward to it, at least for a, ver for a small number of people. We're going to look uh, at labor history today at a couple of incidents where white workers use the guise of unionism or anti-unionism to murder people of color and take their, their work away. Let's listen to one more by Juan Gabriel, a real favorite of mine, by Lupita D'Alessio, a very well-known singer in Mexico in the 80s and 90s. Recently came out with a story that she is doing five grams of cocaine a day. That she left her kids in the care of her husband and kind of hit the road and spent hundreds of millions of dollars on drugs and men. One of those confessions. This is a beautiful version of a Juan Gabriel song, Inocente Pobre Amiga. You poor innocent kid. Pareces tanto a mí que no puedes engañarme. Nada ganas con mentir. Mejor dime la verdad. Sé que me vas a abandonar y sé muy bien por quién lo haces. ¿Crees que yo no me doy cuenta? Lo que pasa es que no quiero más problemas con tu amor que te vas a ir con ella está bien yo no me opongo te deseo que seas feliz pero te voy a advertir que si vuelves otra vez con tu amor Se ve una tonta que le quiere y te se enamoró de ti Sé bien que los dos entienden que los dos se ríen de mí Crees que no me daba cuenta Pues ya ves que no es así That's not how it is Hace tiempo que lo sé Yo jamás te dije nada Y a pesar de tu traición Te di la oportunidad 
was our set on uh, Juan Gabriel. We started out with No Me Vuelvo Enamorar, a hurt heart song. Oh, I'll never fall in love again. I got hurt so bad this time. It left a bad taste in my mouth. It took away my courage to fall in love. Then we had El Mexico Que Se Nos Fue, a nostalgic look at... Uh, what we might call traditional Mexico, the town square and where has everybody gone, El Mexico Que Se Nos Fue. It's gone from us. And the last one there was Lupita D'Alessio with Innocente Pobre Amiga telling her story about get the hell out. <laughs> you have another girlfriend? You think I didn't know? I just didn't want to deal with you anymore. Go ahead. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight it. Lupita D'Alessio. So let's see. We've got some songs that were recommended to me by. Um, some young people who uh, are in at the University of California at Davis. Um, we've got Low Key. We've got Immortal Technique. And let's see, we've got one more too. Words I Never Said by Lupe Fiasco. So let's listen to Words I Never Said. And we'll listen to Long Live Palestine by Loki. And then we'll put on some immortal technique. Okay, let's see. Words I Never Said by Lupe Fiasco. In my regrets, I can't 
bunch of bullshit Just a poor excuse for you to use up all your bullets How much money does it take to really make a full clip? 9-11 building 7, did they really pull it? Uh, and a bunch of other cover-ups Your child's future was the first to go with budget cuts If you think that hurts, then wait, here comes the uppercut The school was garbage in the first place, that's on the up and up Keep you at the bottom, but tease you with the upper crust You get it, then they move it, so you never keeping up enough If you turn on TV, all you see is a bunch of what the fucks Dudes dating so-and-so, blabbering about such-and-such And that ain't Jersey Shore, homie, that's the news And these the same people supposedly telling us the truth Limbo is a racist Glenn Beck is a racist Gaza Strip was getting bombed Obama didn't say shit That's why I ain't vote for him Next one either I'm a part of the problem My problem is I'm peaceful And I believe in the people Yeah It's a
love between people and how much somebody cares about you. Bitches know that I'm a freak, like the elephant man. Intelligent plans, fuck a record deal. I want development land with my benevolent clan. And that's the reason that I only trust my fam. 40,000 records sold, 400 grand. Fuck a middleman, I won't pay anyone else. I'll bootleg it and sell it to the streets myself. I'd rather be that than sign and stuck on a shelf. And because of this, executives try to diss me. Racism frozen in time like Walt Disney. And now they say they want to get me signed to the majors. If I switch up my politics and change my behavior. Trying to tell me what the rhyme about over the beat Bitch niggas that never spent a day in the street But I repeat that, nobody can hold my reins I put the truth on tracks, niggas, simple and plain I guess to America, I'm a disaster oh, no. A slave that was destined to own his masters Independent in every single sense of the word I say what I want, you fucking little sensitive herb This is America, I thought we had freedom of speech But now you wanna try to control the way that I speak And O'Reilly, you think you a patriot? Yeah, right. You ain't nothing but a motherfucking racist bitch Full of hatred, pressing a button, trying to eject me But I don't got no motherfucking deal with Pepsi No corporate sponsor telling me what to do Asking me to tone it down during an interview no. To minimize the issue, but I'm keeping it large. I love the place I live, but I hate the people in charge. Speaking is hard when you got strings attached, so I'ma say it for you, cause I don't got none of that. And if you didn't understand what I spit at your brain, hey yo, son, let this little nigga explain. Come on, son, y'all niggas know the way that I do. Immortaltechnique.com live for you. And I know sometimes it be making you nervous. The way I smash puppet rappers that belong in a circus. You motherfuckers just can't compare. Looking for a fan base that's no longer there. I know that you're scared and you're hiding up in the cut. But this is freedom of speech, nigga. Tell them what's up. Word, nigga. Fuck John Ashcroft. Nigga, fuck Fox News. Fuck those snake-ass bitches trying to manipulate your opinion, telling you what to think. Word the fuck up, nigga. Like, we invading niggas because we want to free them. You racist motherfucker. You don't give a shit about those people. You can suck my dick. <laughs> relax, Tech, relax. Another rum and coke at the bar, nigga. It's my day off. Word up. Fuck. For the kids. Ah, for the kids. Ah. <laughs>
Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for the answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine while we listen to tunes made by ignorant fools Israel blocked the UN from delivering food They bring in the troops and you won't even glimpse at the news They make money off the products that we're quick to consume And it's not simply a question of different views Forget emotions, this is facts, what I spit is the truth Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew They're just people living in different conditions to you They still die when you bomb their schools Mosques and hospitals, it's not because of rockets Please God, can you stop this all? I'm not related to the strangers on the TV, but I relate, cause those strangers could have been me, words could never ever explain the raw tragedy, no. it's not a war, they're just murdering more rapidly, and we're automatically supporting pure savagery, imagine how you feel if this was your family. Palestine remains in my heart forever We stand for peace, times of war We shan't surrender, remember It didn't start in this dark December Every coin is a bullet if you're Marks and Spencer And when you're sipping Coca-Cola That's another pistol in the holster of them soulless soldiers You say you know about the Zionist lobby But you put money in their pocket when you're buying their coffee Talking about revolution sitting in Starbucks The fact is, that's the type of thinking I can't trust Let alone even start to respect before you talk, learn the meaning of that scarf on your neck Forget Nestle, get Obama, promise Israel 30 billion over the next decade They're trigger happy and they're crazy Think about that when you're putting Huggies nappies on your baby This is not just a war over stolen land Why do you think little boys are throwing stones at tanks? And we'll never really know how many people are dead They drop bombs on innocent girls while they sleep in their bed Don't get offended by facts, just try and listen Nothing is more anti-Semitic than Zionism So please don't bring bad vibes when you speak to me There's plenty of rabbis that agree with me It's your choice what you do with this message Don't get it confused, I view this from a human perspective How many more resolutions have to be violated, how many, how many more children have to be annihilated, Israel is a terror state, they're terrorists that terrorise, I'll testify my television, televise and telling lies, this is not a war, it is systematic genocide, but whatever they try, Palestine will never die. Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza This is for the child that is searching for an answer Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter Long live Palestine, long live Gaza
Next to, of course, God, America, I love you, land of the pilgrims, and so forth. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early my country tis of? Centuries come and go and are no more. What of it? We should worry. In every language, even deaf and dumb, thy sons acclaim your glorious name. By gurry, by jingo, by gee, by gosh, by gum. <laughs> Why talk of beauty? What could be more beautiful than these heroic happy dead who rushed like lions to the roaring slaughter? They did not stop to think, they died instead. Then shall the voice of liberty be mute. He spoke and drank rapidly a glass of water. The limits of patriotism there. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson famously said that patriotism was the last hiding place of cowards. Okay, this is Labor and Love, and we're talking to you from 2781 21st Street. We're celebrating Juan Gabriel today, as well as Labor Day. And the story of Labor Day itself uh, is more or less complex, but came out of the history of the 1880s and 90s. In 1886, there was a famous demonstration at Haymarket Square in Chicago. And uh, this was a culmination of demands by workers for uh, an eight-hour day. The uh, meeting was more or less peaceful. At the end of it, someone, a lot of people say it was a police provocateur, threw a bomb into the crowd and killed several police as well as some strikers. The police cracked down and uh, eight people were arrested. The anniversary of this meeting, May Day, became all over... uh, part of a campaign all over the world to grant clemency to these eight who were arrested. Um, Two of them were pardoned by Governor Peter Altgeld, a socialist governor of Illinois, and the others were hanged. All over the world, May Day, the 1st of May, celebrating these men was adopted as International Workers' Day. In 1894, in the United States, the government, having just broken a strike on the Pullman, against the Pullman Company, a bloody, long strike, they had broken it by sending in federal troops. uh, President Cleveland wanted the working class vote. So he and Congress set up a day, Labor Day, and purposely put it in September, the first Monday in September, so as to not coincide with International uh, Labor, International Workers' Day. 
So that's our Labor Day. And um, I wanted to play something here by uh, A. Philip Randolph. This is a Labor Day speech he gave. Now, Randolph was one of the leaders of not only labor leader, but of African Americans. One of the first all African American unions was his Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. And here he is with a Labor Day speech. Now I give you a Philip Randolph. Compel them, the porters, 
secure labor rights, better working conditions, and manhood rights. Mm -hmm. Our goal is victory. We will win victory. The Pullman Company may delay us, but they cannot defeat us. Ours will be a victory for solidarity, a victory for truth, a victory for justice, a victory for courage, a victory for manhood, a victory for righteousness, a victory for the race. If white men have to organize to get more wages, then surely race men will have to organize to get more wages and better working conditions. Out of the miserable depths of indescribable economic wage pauperism, the Brotherhood of Pullman Porters, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, is steadily raising the Pullman Porters and maids to a high plane of challenging and commanding power. The Brotherhood came with a definite industrial plan to provide supper and solace to the distracted, disheartened, disorganized, and despairing for We struggled with the company for 12 long years. The Pullman Company was the most powerful business organization in the country and ambitiously resisted every effort to unionize. We had many setbacks, but the Brotherhood prevailed. The Brotherhood's courageous battles won the admiration of many labor and liberal leaders. President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal guaranteed workers the right to organize and required corporations to negotiate with unions. In 1935, the Pullman Company was forced to sit down with the Brotherhood. We moved to secure formal affiliation with the AFL and was finally granted an international charter. In 1937, the Brotherhood, which remained in the AFL, finally was given a contract from the Pullman Company, the first contract between a company and a black union. Philip Randolph uh, putting down the history of his union, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, 
and the uh, achievement of a contract with the Pullman Corporation and a generation earlier, the Pullman Corporation, with the help of the federal government, had crushed uh, a strike. Here's the poem by E.E. E. Cummings. I sing of Olaf Glad and Big. And we're giving this one to uh, Colin Kaepernick. Let's see if we can get it up here. Okay, here it comes. I Sing of Olaf, Glad and Big, by E.E. E. Cummings. I sing of Olaf, glad and big, whose warmest heart recoiled at war, a conscientious object or His well-beloved Colonel Trigg, West Pointer most succinctly bred, took erring Olaf soon in hand, Though an host of overjoyed noncoms first knocking on the head him, do through icy waters roll that helplessness which others stroke with brushes recently employed anent this muddy toilet bowl, while kindred intellects evoke allegiance per blunt instruments. Olaf, being to all intents a corpse, and wanting any rag upon what God unto him gave, responds without getting annoyed. I will not kiss your fucking flag. Straightway the silver bird looked grave, departing hurriedly to shave. Though all kinds of officers, a yearning nation's blue-eyed pride, their passive prey did kick and curse, until for wear their clarion voices and boots were much the worse, and egged the first-class privates on, his rectum wickedly to tease, by means of skilfully applied bayonets roasted hot with heat. Olaf, upon what were once knees, does almost ceaselessly repeat, There is some shit I will not eat. Our president, being of which assertions duly notified, threw the yellow son of a bitch into a dungeon where he died. Christ, of his mercy infinite, I pray to see, and Olaf too, preponderatingly because, unless statistics lie, he was more brave than me, more blonde than you. Okay, E.E. Cummings, I sing of Olaf, glad and big. I will not kiss your fucking dumb shit. I will not eat. About 11.35 right now. I carry your heart with me. Listening to... Uh, I carry it. Labor and Love. This is the B coming at you from 2781 21st Street. This is the show where we tell you how it is and how it isn't. All right, I wanted to end here or finish or almost finish with the iteration of this famous song by Billie Holiday because week by week, more young people, more young people of color are being murdered. 1,200, 1,200 
people were killed last year by police and there is not one indictment against police not one in other words for all intents and purposes this country believes that these 1200 shootings were justified how can we say that how can we got a few more things now in the philippines um a massive crackdown on drug sellers and users <clears throat> under the command of President Rodrigo Duterte's war on drugs. Duterte, who took office in June, campaigned on a pledge to wipe out crime. Immediately after his inauguration, he wasted no time urging police to crack down on drug sellers and users even going as so far as to encourage people to take the law into their own hands. We will not stop until the last drug lord and the last pusher have surrendered or are put behind bars or below the ground, if they so wish. 36 people have been killed per day in the first eight weeks of his presidency. The Director General of the Philippine National Police, Ronald De La Rosa, told the Philippine Senate hearing that there was no explicit policy to kill those involved with drugs, but said, almost boasting, that some 800 people had been killed at the hands of police during anti-drug operations, the rest having occurred under unknown circumstances. So we're talking about the deaths of 2,000 people, 700,000 people have surrendered to local authorities vowing to never deal or use drugs again. Jails across the country are now overcrowded. This guy Duterte became mayor of Davao City for 22 years, employed a death squad that murdered hundreds of people and became the recognized authority on the streets. Now, nobody here is saying we're for drugs. What's happening is that one of these campaigns starts, police have a carte blanche to kill who they want. Somebody tells you that guy's a drug dealer, you have a carte blanche to just, just go shoot him under a regime like this, Duterte. Only working class struggle has a chance of stopping neoliberal plunder of the Philippines and an independent socialist alternative will be necessary to build the politics of solidarity. Judge denies hepatitis on Democracy Now! Judge denies hepatitis C cure for Mumia Abu Jamal, but finds lack of care in prison unconstitutional. Let's listen a little to this.
Okay, let's just read it. Today marks the 30th anniversary of a massive police operation in Philadelphia that culminated in the helicopter bombing of the headquarters of a radical group known as MOVE. The fire from the attack incinerated six adults and five children and destroyed 65 homes. Despite two grand jury investigations and a commission finding that top officials were grossly neg negligent, no one from city government was criminally charged. MOVE was a Philadelphia-based radical movement dedicated to black liberation and a back-to-nature -back, back lifestyle. It was founded by John Africa, and all of its members took on the surname Africa. Okay, let's see what we got on Mumia. I'd like to hear about Mumia. Jamal. Abu Jamal has spoken out from a prison infirmary about the police killing of Walter Scott in South Carolina. Abu Jamal, who is seriously ill at SCI Mahani, rose from his infirmary bed to record the commentary after a fellow prisoner wheeled in a TV so he could watch coverage of the shooting. In a Democracy Now! exclusive, Mumia Abu Jamal discussed his reaction. Remember the young man who allegedly shot, not killed, two cops in Ferguson several weeks ago? Every politician in America leaped at the chance to call the kid a punk, a thug. Now, what do you call Slaker? What have you heard? Even though he's been fired, he's called officer today, or Mr. Slaker. He killed the man for a traffic citation and lied about it. Is he a punk, a predator, or what Huey P. Newton used to call a pig? From Imprison Nation, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. And special thanks to Noel Hanrahan of the Prison Radio Project for the recording of that commentary. Mumia Abu Jamal supporters say he remains severely ill after he was hospitalized for diabetic shock. Today, his supporters have called a national day of action with protests in 10 cities to demand he be allowed to see a diabetes specialist. Mumia Abu Jamal is in prison for the 1981 murder of Philadelphia police officer Daniel Faulkner, but has always maintained his innocence. Amnesty International has found he was deprived of a fair trial. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now! Democ okay, so Mumia Abu-Jamal was denied uh, life-saving drugs for his condition, but the judge in the same um, decision said that the medical facilities at the prison where he's being held are woefully, woefully insufficient. So we'll see more. Um, Mumia Abu-Jamal, Leonard Peltier, many, many others are uh, political prisoners. Well, this is the B 
And we're coming up on 10 minutes to 12. Right now it's about 15 minutes to 12. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Remember, this is Labor and Love, where we tell it like it is and like it isn't. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Okay, um, Battle of Blair Mountain, Luisa Moreno, we'll, we'll pick up on all that stuff. Um, here's wishing you a good week and good work. Let's read about Today in Labor History, we're talking about August 31st. 1921, the Battle of Blair Mountain, Southern West Virginia, was underway between upwards of 7,000 coal miners and the private militias employed by the coal companies to crush organizing by the United Mine Workers of America. The battle lasted for five days until President Warren G. Harding sent in federal forces point most of the miners surrendered. Miners' leaders were tried for insurrection and tre treason. Legal fees all but bankrupted the union and organizing the coal mines halted until 1933. Today in labor history. Today in labor history, August 30th, 1907. U.S. labor leader and civil rights activist Luisa Moreno was born in Guatemala. Moreno was active in organizing tobacco, sugar cane, and cannery workers and founded the Spanish-speaking People's Congress in 1938 to bring together all Spanish people, speaking people residing in the U.S. around the issues of immigration, employment, and civil rights. 80 years ago, these same issues are still before us. Moreno was deported in 
temps working for the same employer can organize and seek fairer wages and labor conditions together as one unit without seeking the permission of the employer. Company employees and long-term temps, up to now they've been divided into two different groups and they couldn't negotiate together. So that's all over. Okay, call out to my wife Sylvia, my daughter Vita, and to uh, Yemen, to Malin over in Qatar, and Sunni, and the whole family, and Solina Amayali. This is the Internacional. Good work and good week. of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. 
you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Thank <laughs> you. 